Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown post-show for March 3rd, 2023. I'm your host, J.D. from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be, man. Smackdown. Smackdown was great tonight. I loved the energy on SmackDown tonight, man, 15,000-plus in Washington, D.C. The energy was there. The excitement was there. The plans were in place for WrestleMania. Things are looking good, man. Things are looking good. And Jesse, Chi-Town Smark and their viewers just joined and are rating my... Live stream. Taco crew in the house. What type of tacos are we serving up tonight, Jesse? I hope it's not the shit that comes from your kitchen. Otherwise, we'll all be in trouble. WWE was not in trouble tonight, man. Like I said, this was a very good show from top to bottom. Lots to really dive into, which I love because I love being analytical of the product. I love guessing on where things are going to go. I love seeing the creative process in motion. You got a lot of that tonight. I might as well address the most important thing that happens on tonight's show, and that is Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. Before we even got into SmackDown tonight, Roman Reigns said he was going to show up on SmackDown and take care of the Jay Uso situation himself. That did not happen. So WWE basically gave you Roman and Cody instead of him taking care of bloodline business and taking care of Jay Uso. Now, we did get a little nugget for next week. Roman did address Jay Uso and basically told Jimmy that if Jay Uso does not fall in line next week, If Jey Uso is not in the bloodline by next week, he's got one week, then Roman Reigns is going to blame Jimmy Uso for everything that's going on with Jey. And Sammy, he may be in the clear here. So that is what we got as far as the bloodline situation. Sammy and Solo were the main event tonight. Solo, you guys knew Solo wasn't losing that match. He hasn't been pinned yet. So that is something that A lot of people are really taking notice of more and more of solo wrestle. Sammy was not winning that match tonight, no matter how over Sammy is. And they protected Sammy in the closing parts of that match. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But it was all about Roman and Cody Rhodes tonight. You guys know how I feel about Cody. I think Cody Rhodes is the guy when it is time. Roman dropping the belt to Cody is the... Right situation 
I don't know if that situation is at WrestleMania. Some people call me hypocritical. Some people call me, you know, wishy-washy and whatever other narrative you want to push on social media. You know, opinions change. Viewpoints change. Everybody's viewpoints and opinions change as we get closer and closer to WrestleMania. The way WWE's handled Cody Rhodes from his return to announcing him in the Royal Rumble before he was even cleared, to how they booked him creatively in the Royal Rumble, having him come out at number 30, and and all that jazz. Uh, I I was not a fan of that. We were in the middle of the Sami Zayn-Roman Reigns storyline, and Cody Rhodes seemingly felt like an afterthought, and I wasn't sure if WWE was going to be able to overcome the popularity uh, of Cody Rhodes. We, We don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't know why that's still a narrative that I see floating around on social media. Cody Rhodes got a major main event reaction tonight in Washington, D.C., and and rightfully so. And and Sami Zayn's reaction, the crowd reaction for Sami Zayn, was nowhere near Cody Rhodes tonight. So I I don't know why that's a narrative continuing to be pushed in in the community. I I think people just genuinely want to push what they want to push because they so desperately want to change because they're not fans of Cody Rhodes. You can sit there and not be a fan of Cody Rhodes, but don't take anything away from the fact that Cody Rhodes is the guy. If it's the time to take the belts off Roman, that Cody Rhodes is the guy. Now, the only reason why he wouldn't be the guy is for all the reasons that I mentioned. The way that he's been handled. Sami Zayn doesn't really have a stake in this anymore. He's not a problem. WWE doesn't have to worry about fans sabotaging the show because of Sami Zayn's popularity. And him being chosen by the fans over Cody Rhodes. We don't have to worry about that anymore. The only thing that WWE has to worry about right now is making sure that there is a a situation where they have Roman and Cody going into WrestleMania where there is enough time for this story to develop. That was my one concern. Two concerns, the fans. The fans aren't the issue anymore. My other concern was, is six weeks... Enough time to tell a story between Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes to guarantee everybody feeling okay to warrant taking the title off of Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I'm not telling you that Cody is not the guy. I don't think Cody Rhodes is the guy at WrestleMania. I don't. I'm going to give you guys a hot take. And this may not be so hot of a take because I genuinely feel like people are on the same page as I am. I don't think that the fans want to see Roman Reigns lose the championship. I'm not getting a sense of Roman Reigns needing to lose that championship. I don't. Plus, you got everybody pushing the 1,000-day narrative and The fact that Roman Reigns is nearing a historical title reign here with 1,000 days. It's a nice round number. I don't see any reason to take the championship off of Roman Reigns. Maybe the WWE championship after WrestleMania moves over to Monday Night Raw and they separate it via a draft somehow. But Roman Reigns losing the championships via pinfall, I don't think people are ready for that. I don't think people want this to end. It certainly doesn't feel like it needs to end. Genuinely ask yourself that question. Does WWE 
present Roman Reigns in a manner where you want to see him lose the championships? Is Roman Reigns boring to you? Some people may answer yes. The majority of the people will answer that no. It's amazing. You want to know what I noticed tonight? Roman Reigns is nearing 1,000 days as Universal Champion. Gunther is about to hit 300 days, or I think they mentioned that he hit 300 days as Intercontinental Champion. Isn't it a beautiful thing when champions actually hold their championships for a decent amount of time, a long reign via the Intercontinental title and Gunther, and then a long reign via the championships that Roman Reigns has. It's a beautiful thing when you have Reigns actually going on with two major championships, the two biggest championships in the sport, the Intercontinental title and then the World Championships in WWE. Everybody wants to brag about Charlotte Flair, 14 championships. I don't remember one one reign being memorable in in any of those. Do you know what people are going to remember when Roman Reigns ends his reign? Shit, he held the title for a thousand days. Shit, Gunther came within days of breaking the honky-tonk man's all-time intercontinental championship record. They're going to remember what happened in these reigns because of what these men put into those championship reigns. I don't feel the need to take the championship off of Roman Reigns yet. It's not boring. He continues to do the best work of his career. The Bloodline's the hottest stable in all of the industry right now. There's no reason why the Bloodline needs to end. I don't want it to end. If it does end, where does WWE go storyline-wise? The next best thing that they got is Judgment Day and Rey Mysterio. There really isn't a major, major, major selling point or a hook to WWE's programming if the Bloodline just ceases to exist and Roman Reigns goes away for months at a time. I don't think I'm ready for it. Maybe he gets to a thousand days. Maybe Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns is built over the summer and we get it at SummerSlam instead of WrestleMania. But I don't think people are really clamoring to see Cody Rhodes win the world championships at WrestleMania like they were before he went out with injury. That got shifted to Sami Zayn. Everybody wanted Sammy to beat Roman. That wasn't really in the cards. That was never going to happen. I don't know why people thought that was going to happen. Two months before WrestleMania, Roman Reigns dropping the championships on this historic title reign. Vince McMahon would have had a fucking heart attack backstage if that was the creative direction that Triple H wanted to go in. I just don't see it. I don't see it. There's no reason for it to end. No matter how good Cody Rhodes is, no matter what the story is, no matter what the narrative is, he's got to finish the story. Finally, they were in the ring tonight. Finally, they were in the ring tonight, and they had a tremendous face-to-face. Tremendous. I loved the segment. I loved the energy. I loved Roman kind of really just getting under the skin of Cody Rhodes, doubling down on what Paul Heyman said about Dusty and what Dusty said about Roman before Roman really hit it big in the WWE I loved Cody's attitude, especially in the beginning portions of his promo. He talked about everybody kind of labeling him as uh, not really the guy, right? It's exactly what I needed to hear from Cody Rhodes. I wish he would have elaborated on that a little bit more. I wish he would have really dove 
into why he left WWE, why he asked for his release, why he went to go do the indies, and why he started AEW, and how they didn't believe in him, and they always manufactured somebody like Roman Reigns, and he ended up failing because John Cena was always looked at as the face of the company, even when Roman Reigns was being pushed down our throats. He needs to elaborate on that. We really need to take that and throw it into the pot of this story. Everything about this was great. I'm not sitting here telling you that I didn't like it. I'm not sitting here telling you that it didn't do the trick. The energy was there. The vibe was there. Cody was great. Roman was great. The promos were great. Roman's attitude was great. Cody's intensity was great. It finally felt like a WrestleMania main event. Finally. Four weeks to go. Finally. The Royal Rumble happened in January. Finally, we got the WrestleMania main event being built. But a lot of people on social media think that when I have a criticism, I hate it. I automatically hate it. It's like I can't have a fucking criticism on social media anymore. Say one bad thing about it. People are losing their fucking minds. I don't believe you didn't like it. You watched the wrong promo. I don't know what promo you watched. People are telling me it's Dusty's son versus Dusty's creation. What did I tell you from day one? Why does it need to be about Dusty Rhodes? I don't need to hear it from Roman Reigns. We've already heard it from Paul Heyman. That's why Roman sent Paul Heyman over to Monday Night Raw to deliver that message personally, making it personal to Cody Rhodes. I didn't need to hear that from Roman Reigns. I didn't need to hear about Cody Rhodes not being looked at by his father as, you know, a champion. I didn't need to hear that Dusty looked at Roman as a champion more so than he did his son. And then Cody needs to win it for his father. He needs to win it for his father. He needs to prove the doubters wrong because Dusty didn't believe in him. That's the story. That's the best we got. We heard this going back to last year. Cody Rhodes came back. He gave us the narrative, I need to do it for Dusty. Here we are, and we're still one year later. It's got to be about Dusty. Dusty, 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 Dusty. That's the only problem I have with it. You're going to sell me on what? Dusty Rhodes for the next four weeks? I need to know why Cody Rhodes is back in the WWE and why he's chasing the WWE Championship more than just I need to do it for Dusty. What does Cody Rhodes want to do for Cody Rhodes? What does this mean for Cody Rhodes to win the WWE Championship, to main event WrestleMania, to go and ask for his release and go to the Indies and make himself into a bigger star than what Vince McMahon saw in him? Why did he need to start AEW? Why did he become an EVP in AEW? Why did he do all these things and then come back to the WWE for his father? If you continue to push that narrative, it's always going to be Cody Rhodes, the son of Dusty. Cody Rhodes needs to stand on his own and be a fucking man. He's in the WWE, in the main event, with the greatest final boss in the history of this company for the world championship, and it's Dusty. Cody Rhodes, the son of Dusty Rhodes. 
I need to know who Cody Rhodes is. I need to know who Cody is and why he is back and why this championship and this moment and why everything that he did for the last seven years is important to him. We heard about it in three sentences tonight. He mentioned the elite. He mentioned his indie buddies selling out 10,000 seats when people couldn't believe that they do it. (coughs) Meltzer and some of the online geeks talked about stardust. He talked about it for about five seconds. And then Roman takes the floor and goes, dusty, dusty, dusty. Dusty looked at me better than you, and Dusty saw a lot in me that he didn't see in you, and all this other shit. Dusty, Dusty, Dusty. Why do we need to hear about Dusty? I want to hear about Cody. Am I wrong to have an opinion about that? Am I wrong to have a criticism about that? That's going to wear very thin on the audience. It really is going to wear very thin on the audience. Now, That's not really making me see Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania as the world champion. I I don't want to see Cody Rhodes win the world championship now at WrestleMania. There's no reason for me to get invested in Cody because, A, it's not enough time. There's no real long... If Cody was in Sammy's position, just imagine, just flip the roles. If Cody was uh, battling the bloodline for nine months, then we feel a lot different about the story. I can't tell you tonight, next week, when we get to WrestleMania weekend, I can't sit here and tell you that I actually want Cody Rhodes to win the world championship at WrestleMania. There's no reason for Roman to lose the championships. Unless he's really done and wants to go away for a little bit and then come back and do part-time legitimately. I, I don't... I don't feel like Roman needs to lose. And I don't think people really are clamoring to see Roman lose in in huge numbers. But Cody making it about Dusty, you know, I'm tired of that narrative. It's got to be about Cody. It's got to be about winning the world title for Cody and, and what drove him over the last seven years to come back now, this year, to be here against Roman. In the main event of WrestleMania, challenging for a championship that he thought he'd never win. A championship that Vince McMahon never thought Cody Rhodes could win. I need to know that, Cody. It's also laziness on WWE's behalf. The creative in WWE is lazy because they try so hard to eliminate and erase everything that Cody did in the last six or seven years All they want you to know about Cody is that he's the son of a plumber. That's WWE's problem. That's their fault. They don't want you to know the Cody Rhodes that we saw for the last six or seven years, the Cody Rhodes that we all fell in love with. They want you to forget that those years, they never existed. It's like they were never mapped out. It's a huge blank piece of paper for WWE. Oh, that never happened. That's not important. Meanwhile, it's basically where Cody Rhodes became the man that you see today, and they don't want to acknowledge it. They acknowledge it for 15 fucking seconds tonight. I'm going to need more than that. I don't want to sit here and look at Cody, and all I think about is Dusty. The WWE fans, they all they are are sitting there listening to is WWE condition them on Cody, the son of a plumber, the son of Dusty Rhodes. That's all the WWE wants you to think about Cody Rhodes. 
I need to know how we got the American nightmare. Cody Rhodes. That's the story. Not this shit. Now, taking away everything that I just mentioned, if you watch that promo tonight, was it tremendous? Yes. But my God, man, that narrative needs to get the fuck out. I am, we got now three weeks after tonight, three weeks of WWE trying to sell me on Cody beating Roman Reigns. I don't think that's even fucking feasible. I don't. What are they going to do? Sell me on Dusty Rhodes for the next three weeks? We're going to get the bloodline beating down Cody Rhodes? Sneak attack, cutting him off, bullying him around. Because Roman's the bigger guy and he knows it. The bigger star, he knows it. What's going to happen? WWE really, really, really needs to sell me on some captivating shit in the next three weeks. I I don't think that they have it in them. I don't. I think they're just riding the coattails of the fucking hype that Cody Rhodes is the AEW XEVP. And now he's here and bigger than he ever was under our umbrella and our banner in the main event against the greatest final boss in our history. That's all they care about. Now, look, we, we got Cody. We took Cody. We made him into a main event WrestleMania guy. He didn't do jack shit over there. That's the, that's the feeling that I get. That's the feeling and the vibe that I get here. But again, I ask, I mean, do you guys want to see Roman Reigns lose the championship? I, I am I'm not in a position where I want to see Roman Reigns lose the title. I don't. This promo made the match feel main event. I just don't think that three weeks is going to be enough time to sell me that it is as important as people are making it out to be. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, a Monday Night Raw superstar, showed up on SmackDown tonight, and he called out Bray Wyatt. I'm like, okay, I did not expect that to happen, but here we are. Bray Wyatt, muscle man Wyatt, muscle man dance, Bray Wyatt, Bobby Lashley. I was intrigued about where this could go. I thought we were going to get some sort of explanation. I'm like, okay, Bobby Lashley's out there, and Bray Wyatt, I I hope to God that he comes out here and we get some sort of humanized Bray Wyatt, explaining why he said what he said. Why is he focusing on and why is he targeting Bobby Lashley? All we got tonight was Uncle Howdy, who, by the way, laughed, and the laugh was, and I called it out immediately, The laugh of Uncle Howdy tonight as he was beating down on Bobby Lashley. Man, if that wasn't Bo Dallas, I don't know who the fuck is under that mask. That was a very, very, very familiar laugh and voice tonight on Uncle Howdy. Sound like Bo Dallas to me. Are we ever going to get the reveal of Uncle Howdy or is he just going to be somebody that dwells under the mask for his entire run? I don't know. Uncle Howdy shows up, and he beats down Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley choke slams him. Uncle Howdy retreats to the corner. He's trying to get up, and Bobby Lashley's about to spear Uncle Howdy. The lights go out in the same sound effect as they did with The Fiend. 
The lights come back on, and Uncle Howdy has disappeared. And that's the way the segment goes off the air, and we got the Bray Wyatt moth transition, ending the scene, and we go right to Roman Reigns. I saw something floating around on social media about people trying to piece together clues and come up with explanations on why Bray Wyatt is targeting Bobby Lashley, why Bray Wyatt targeted first Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. Now it's just Brock Lesnar, or Bobby Lashley rather, is Brock Lesnar is wrestling Omos at WrestleMania, so Brock Lesnar is not even a part of the situation anymore. Now he's just focusing on Bobby Lashley. Fans are speculating on social media that Bray Wyatt is targeting Bobby Lashley and the whole muscle man dance skit that we saw on Monday night plays into the fact that Bray Wyatt wants to expose Bobby Lashley and guys like Bobby Lashley. That's why he also called out Brock Lesnar, but Brock Lesnar in this situation proved to be the smartest man in the industry because he knows wrestling Bray Wyatt would be a fucking complete failure. He's the smartest man I've ever seen. He got out of this shit and said, fuck that. I don't want to wrestle this guy. Nixed the entire idea. So now we're stuck with Bobby Lashley. People speculating that the muscle man dance is Bray Wyatt focusing on and trying to expose Bobby Lashley and guys that look like Bobby Lashley because guys that look like Bobby Lashley are the fetish of Vince McMahon. That's basically what the image of the company is while Vince McMahon is in charge. Those are the types of guys that Vince McMahon loves to push and loves to be, you know, pushing on his television show. Those are the types of guys he wants in front of the large audiences. Guys that look like Bobby Lashley. I'm hearing this from social media accounts that have fucking 1,000 followers making videos on this shit. And I'm sitting here watching this promo tonight by Bobby Lashley and then the attack by Uncle Howdy. And I'm asking myself, why didn't we get some sort of explanation for Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley? We got another week of absolutely nothing happening. Yet you want me to be invested in what they're doing going into WrestleMania. Now we are going into Monday Night Raw. I'm sure we'll get some other skit that gives us zero fucking information on why these two are feuding. And people are just sitting sitting around waiting for something to happen. People are still telling me, give it time, give it time, give it time. We've been doing this shit since October. Why do we need to continue to give it time? If the story is about Bobby Lashley or guys that look like Bobby Lashley being handpicked by Vince McMahon and the WWE and guys like Wyatt being shunned because they are getting called fat and their body image isn't what Vince McMahon tends to go for, why aren't we getting that explanation on TV? That's what I want to know. Why do I have to have some fucking pimply-faced geek on social media come up with a better explanation or a explanation, period, about why this is happening, but I don't hear nothing from Bobby Lashley. I don't hear nothing from Bray Wyatt. I get nothing from watching Raw and SmackDown. Three weeks before WrestleMania, I got to decode shit 
on my own to figure out what the fucking storyline is. Meanwhile, I got people on social media doing WWE's job for them. Yet you want me to be in... If I have to go through hoops and jump through rings of fire to find out what the fucking storyline is here and guess riddles and fucking count how many puppets there are and decode QR codes and all this other shit... How much interest are you going to have at the end of the day in finding out the reason why this match is happening? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Bray deserves better. I don't want to make it sound like I hate Bray Wyatt. I don't. I praised the guy for fucking years, and I defended him to the fucking death when Vince McMahon fired him. Here's a second hot take for you. You want to clip this one? Put it on social media. I want to see fucking people get their panties in a bunch and cry fucking tears. Please, have a cup ready, man. I love drinking the tears of people that just don't get it. That don't have a fucking clue. Here's another hot take for you. There's nobody that will convince me otherwise that Bray Wyatt and the fucking Bray Wyatt lore and the storyline from October when he came back, and you guys know what I'm talking about, there were reports that Bray Wyatt had plans all mapped out until WrestleMania to give his character and the meaning of Bray And everything that's happened, everything's going to come full circle. We will finally get closure on what had happened before he went away. Those were the reports. There's nobody that will convince me otherwise that something had changed along the way. Bobby Lashley was not the plan. Bobby Lashley was never the plan at WrestleMania. You know when Bobby Lashley was the plan? Two weeks ago. Bobby Lashley was the plan for Bray Wyatt two fucking weeks ago. And this is it. Brock Lesnar and Omas, I said for two weeks, soon as that fucking tease happened on Raw, I said, this is not a Triple H match. There's no way Triple H in his wildest imaginations would come up with, with something so fucking terrible like that to put on WrestleMania. Triple H did not have a fucking thing to do with that match. That is not a Triple H match. I said it. I said it word for word. There's no fucking reason for me to believe that Triple H had any part of that. Look at his fucking last 10 years, 11 years in NXT before 2.0. That's not something Triple H would do. That's the best you got with Brock Lesnar, Omos, at WrestleMania? Shit. Absolute dog shit. No way Triple H booked that match. What did I tell you? 
What did I tell you? That's a Vince McMahon match. That, no doubt about it. Vince McMahon booked that match. What was the what was the report that came out? Huh? I'm, I'm waiting for the apologies that I'm never gonna get. What was the report that came out from multiple fucking people? Sap didn't even want to fucking put it in word for word because he knows it's right too. He said, "Yeah, we heard rumblings about people thinking that it was the case." The case. Yeah, bullshit. Vince McMahon made the match. It wasn't Triple H. It was Vince McMahon. Here's your fucking hot take for you. Not only did Vince McMahon book Brock Lesnar and Omos, Vince McMahon books Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley as well. I guarantee fucking to you. I guarantee you on my grandfather's fucking tomb that this match was made by Vince McMahon and that Bray Wyatt's plan has been derailed by Vince McMahon himself. Doesn't look like Triple H is booking Bray Wyatt anymore. It doesn't look like Bray Wyatt's being booked by those fucking horror movie Hollywood writers that they hired specifically to, to work with him. This reeks, and I mean fucking reeks, of Vince McMahon booking. Vince McMahon's booking Bray Wyatt. Vince McMahon booked Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania on top of Omos and Brock Lesnar. From where I'm sitting, the way that it was going, going into WrestleMania, it certainly looked like Bray Wyatt versus Uncle Howdy could have been the match at WrestleMania. All of a sudden, things got derailed. Possible Wyatt Six Faction, no longer talking about that. Uncle Howdy was a a presence on this show. More of a presence than anything in the Bray Wyatt character. No more. We get him here and there. There's nothing about the mask. There's no fucking QR codes anymore. There's no, you know, creepy vignettes that keep us guessing and getting excited. It's all basic shit that we saw while Vince was in charge of WWE before when The Fiend was on TV. Vince McMahon is booking Bray Wyatt and the direction of Bray Wyatt going into WrestleMania. Nobody can tell me otherwise. Nobody. It looked like Bray and Uncle Howdy was the match going into WrestleMania. Now we got Bray and Bobby Lashley. On what fucking planet does that make any sense? Three weeks before WrestleMania, you're going to believe that that match was the plan? That match was the plan two weeks ago. Why? Because Vince derailed plans for WrestleMania because he wants more of an involvement at WrestleMania in Hollywood. I don't know why Bray hasn't been on fucking... We got Bray in the funhouse. We got Bray dressing up as a fucking muscle man. We got Bray doing everything else but what he was doing when he came back to television. Remember when Bray Wyatt was on television giving us humanized promos in the early stages of this run? Where is that Bray Wyatt? That's the Bray Wyatt that I miss. That's the Bray Wyatt that I want. Yet we got this fucking cartoonish bullshit happening all over again. And you want me to think that Vince McMahon isn't somewhat in charge here. I need to hear from Bray Wyatt why he's targeting Bobby Lashley. I don't want to find out through some pimply faced fucking geek online on Twitter. And I don't want to have to decode fucking clips on WWE shows to figure out what the fucking storyline is. It's not fun. And it's not entertaining. And this match doesn't make any sense, no matter how you want to look at it. Shit is trash. Complete trash. If you're a Bray Wyatt fan, you should be fucking disgusted at what they've done here. No reason to believe otherwise. Do I need clues? Do I need official sources? Do I need 
something else that you don't believe? Watch the fucking show. How do I know Vince is booking this shit? I got Omos and Brock Lesnar right. Why wouldn't I be right here? You didn't believe me then. Are you gonna, when are you going to believe me? When are you going to believe me? I don't say shit on this show for the sake of saying shit. There's a reason why I say what I say because nine out of ten times, I'm correct. Bullshit. Everything sucks in regards to this storyline. Nothing makes sense. And I'm sticking with that. It will be one of the worst WrestleMania matches in history. We're going to go over the rest of the show. Need to get those two things off my chest. Make sure you guys get in with the Super Chats tonight, man. We are going to hang out at the end of the show. You guys know the deal. Get them on in. Hang out with our cold beverages. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Completed some birthday cameos this week, man. Thank you guys for hitting me up on Cameo. Awesome. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. We are 800 away from 143,000. We just hit 142 this week. This week, literally a couple of days ago. You guys are on fire, man. Hit that thumbs up and hit that subscribe button down below. Become a channel, patron, a fan, a subscriber of the show. I would really appreciate it. So hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Memberships are open. Get them on in. We got one new member tonight. Keith Tungstall Jr. with a new membership. Keith now has entry into my mother's basement. Not only does he get a sneak peek of my mother's basement, which is already in the community section on my channel, you guys get a sneak peek of what it's looking like so far. But you guys will all be invited to the debut night of my mother's basement It's going to be the most beautiful fucking set design you've ever seen, man. I cannot wait. Awesome. That's coming soon. Literally, I'm hearing within a couple of weeks, we'll have my mother's basement up and running. Go check out all the other content that you might have missed. Tons of it, man. YouTube shorts are up there. We got live streams from Monday and Wednesday. Normally, I go live on Thursday with your midweek break in the news. We didn't do anything on Thursday because I was lazy and I played Destiny 2 Lightfall all day. It happens. New game comes out that I'm invested in and I'm going to grind on it. So what we're doing, it's going to be a busy weekend, man. We're live tonight. Tomorrow, we will be live at 8 p.m. with OTS. So make sure you guys join in. It will be members only tomorrow night. Why on Saturday? Because Sunday night, Jesse and I will be live after AEW Revolution. It's going to be a big weekend. So make sure you guys get those memberships in. It's going to be a very big weekend. So that is the schedule coming up for this weekend. Also, tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping. You guys can check the description down below and check out all my sponsors. If you're interested in any one of them, 
including Manscaped. They're all down there for you. Nicely organized. Manscaped.com. Code Script 20. We'll talk about the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. That is absolutely fantastic. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the show right here on OTS. I'm excited for Revolution this Sunday, man. Should be a good show. I think they uh, they legitimately announced Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage in a Buried Alive match on Sunday night. That's going to be a spectacle in itself. It's going to be great. SmackDown. Cody and Roman. Roman comes out. Intro, entrance lasted about eight minutes. It's just excellent. Final boss vibes, no doubt about it. He told Washington, D.C. to acknowledge him. Cody Rhodes immediately came out. Cody made his way to the ring. We got big Cody chance. He's on the microphone for the first time in front of Roman Reigns. He told Roman Reigns that regardless of what Heyman might have told him, he's not invading or looking to engage in reckless negotiations. I'm here to have a conversation with my WrestleMania opponent one-on-one, man-to-man. No need for his compatriots to be there unless you feel like you need them here. So Roman was, he was kind of upset. He told Paul Heyman to get out of here. Told Jimmy and Solo, get out of here. Wise man, leave us, he says. Heyman had some words off mic for Roman Reigns. Reign said, yes, Solo goes to. So Reigns, ex-Cody, if this now, one-on-one, makes him more comfortable. Reigns, ex-Cody, so what, what do you want to talk about? As he drops the WWE and the Universal titles right in between them. So Reigns drops the belts in front of him, in front of Cody Rhodes, what do you want to talk about? Kind of playing off of Cody Rhodes' infamous line. So, what do you want to talk about? Cody said, fair enough. Let's talk about you. Cody said, Reigns' reality has become reality and superseded hyperbole. He told Reigns he wanted to tell him something about himself he may or may not know. He said, Reigns has become a bit of an impossible mountain to climb. He said, that's sort of become my thing, though. He said people wouldn't be more, he said people wouldn't see him more than Randy Orton's understudy or survive Stardust or there was no way 10,000 people would pay to see me and my indie buddies and our little indie show, he said. He says that he's continued to punch it through the goalposts every single time, no matter how far people keep moving those goalposts back on him. He said, for others, it might be impossible, but just not for me. So Reigns is standing there listening. We got a big Cody chant. Reigns laughed and said, yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good, Cody. That was good. It's like you were rehearsing all that that you just told to me all week. That was flawless. Reigns is a dick, and I love it. He leaned over and pointed at one of the belts and asked Cody, did you win that one? Did you ever win that one? Or maybe this one. Have you ever won that one? Have you ever competed in the main event of WrestleMania before? So he's kind of throwing all of his accolades without really, you know, saying anything about himself in Cody's face. So he then says, because I'm pretty sure I've done all that. Then he gets kind of cocky about himself. 
He says he was groomed for this since he was a little boy, not only by his own father, but your father as well. So Cody looked like he was getting upset. Reigns told him, relax, relax. Not going to say anything bad about your father. I'm not going to, you know, disrespect him or degrade him. We spent a lot of time together. He said, Dusty. There's Dusty. So we go from talking about what really needs to be talked about right back to Dusty, which I didn't really get. Because Paul Heyman said all this to Cody Rhodes several weeks ago. Yeah, we're getting Roman Reigns just kind of reiterating all this again. He said Dusty was the first person to put confidence in him. He imitated Dusty, telling him that he has its and you couldn't get rid of it if you wanted to. He says they talked about everything, including a lot of what was going on in his life. He said Dusty told him about being the face of the company and main eventing. Do you want to know what he used to say about you, Cody? He said... He never said anything about you. He said nothing about you. He never said anything about you ever. It was almost as if you didn't exist. He says he misses him and wishes he was still around, and he knows Cody feels the same way. He picked up both the Universal and WWE titles, put them on his shoulder, and told Cody that if there was anything Dusty didn't teach him, I will teach you at WrestleMania. Cody said, oh my God, I'm not even playing on the same field. This is not chess. You didn't send Mr. Heyman to Raw to get inside my head. You sent him to relay and convey a real-life situation. You sent him to tell the truth. If that's the truth, then the truth is one of the fabled Dusty kids is better than Dusty's actual kid. If that's the truth, then you were the son he always wanted. And that changes absolutely everything because it's just not a dream. It's not just an urge or a want or a desire or some story that needs to be finished. This becomes necessity. He said the only way he can exist is by beating him at WrestleMania. So absolutely, Roman Reigns, sir, champ, may the best man win. And he offered Roman Reigns a handshake. Reigns shook his head and eyed Cody as if he might surprise him here. But... He began to walk back to the locker room. He looked back at Cody, smiled. But when he wasn't looking back at Cody, his expression was kind of, you know, I don't want to say concern because I don't think Roman looked concerned here, but like, the fuck is this guy talking about? And that's the way the segment came to a close. So Roman Reigns did not shake Cody Rhodes' hand and... That's what we got for the first meeting face-to-face here between challenger and champion at WrestleMania. I don't want to repeat myself, but there's a lot of Dusty. A lot of Dusty. We got legitimately a little bit of what I needed to hear, but we didn't get into or in-depth enough with what he wanted to talk about. Randy Orton's understudy, Stardust, 10,000 people paid to see me and my little indie buddies at an indie show, they didn't believe we'd sell out a, a, a stadium or an arena for 10000 to see us. So he says that he continues to punch it through the goalposts every single time people want to continue moving those goalposts back when it concerns him. We didn't get enough of that. 
We needed more about that. We need a little bit more in-depth about what happened in those six or seven years that Cody was gone. Why he left. Why they didn't believe in him. Why he needed to go prove himself to Vince and WWE only to come back seven years later as the best version of himself. Where did that best version go? Where's the Cody that we see now? Where did that version go for the last six or seven years? Did he take six or seven years off and just never wrestle? I need to know. But WWE wants to condition you on Cody Rhodes simply being the son of a plumber. They want to condition you being, or, or Cody being, the son of Dusty Rhodes. And that's all they're going to sell you on as far as this story. Paul Heyman said everything that Roman Reigns said here several weeks ago. Yet we got Roman reiterating the same thing. The vibe was there. The energy was there. The epicness of them meeting face-to-face was there. The dialogue is not where it needs to be. The story is not where it needs to be. It needs to be more than Cody winning it for Dusty or Cody winning it because he looked at Roman more of a son than he did his own son. It needs to be more than the son of Dusty Rhodes versus the, you know, Dusty's creation narrative that I see floating around on social media. First of all, Roman Reigns is a Vince McMahon creation. Nothing happens without Vince McMahon. So Dusty Dusty creating Roman Reigns is, is a, a bullshit narrative to make sure you guys are tucked in tight and sleep well at night. I get it. You need to hang on to something at the end of your nights knowing that you're right, feeling that you're right. Roman Reigns is a Vince McMahon creation. Roman Reigns doesn't exist without Vince McMahon. So I don't get that. That even lends it to making it feel worse. Dusty's creation versus Dusty's son. No, it needs to be about Cody and who the fuck Cody Rhodes is. I need to know who Cody Rhodes is. I need to know in WWE. I know who Cody Rhodes is. I need to know now in WWE now who this Cody Rhodes is. Until WWE tells us that story, they got three weeks to do it. I'm going to give them time to see where they go. I'm not going to write it off completely. They got three weeks to tell me who Cody Rhodes is. Because this ain't cutting it. Dusty, 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 Dusty son. I need to do it for Dusty. Blah, 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 blah. Roman Reigns says Dusty looked at him more of a son than Cody. That's easy. I mean, I could come up. I could come up with that story. You're acting as if, you're acting as if WWE is writing fucking groundbreaking story. Jesse could come up with that fucking story. Any one of you guys in the chat can come up with that story. If you think that's the best that they got, I'm, I'm sorry, it's not. It's quite sad that if it is, there needs to be more. I'm not going to change my stance on that. You could be upset. At, don't listen to me. I don't give a fuck. Go listen to somebody else. Oh my God, it's so great. I expect more. This is the WrestleMania main event. I need more. I have yet to feel that Cody is the guy, yet. I preached it for fucking months, and now here I am, and I don't feel the same way that I did. They haven't made me a believer in Cody Rhodes yet. I'm right now sitting here telling you that I think Roman Reigns should retain the championships at WrestleMania. Does Cody Rhodes, answer yourself this question, does Cody Rhodes and his story do enough for you compared to what you saw with Sami Zayn? If the answer is no, then WWE is not doing enough and there isn't enough time to sell you on that 
going into WrestleMania. WWE hasn't done enough to tell you the story of Cody Rhodes for you to believe in Cody Rhodes. If Sami Zayn is still the one people look at to wrestle Roman Reigns and be the guy to beat Roman Reigns. If you have any inkling or any feeling in regards to that, swaying towards Sammy over Cody, then WWE's not doing enough. And I can tell you, point blank period, that they're not doing enough. I could have Road Dog tell me uh, four weeks, five weeks is enough time. No, it's not. Not for a WrestleMania main event. No, that's not enough time. That's not enough time. Sammy Zayn, nine months is a WrestleMania main event worth the storyline. Five weeks? Five weeks to me doesn't sound like the type of guy I want to see beat Roman Reigns right before he hits 1,000 days as Universal Champion. I'm sorry. Not enough time. If Cody took nine months like Sami Zayn did nine months and he was the one to take down Roman Reigns, I'd feel a little bit more confident in Cody Rhodes being the guy. But being that we got five weeks, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Roman Reigns needs to lose those championships because five weeks is not enough for me to tell you guys that Roman Reigns deserves to lose the championships when we all know that Roman Reigns still is the guy and he should be the guy after WrestleMania. We need more. Moving on. Rhea Ripley. She's out there with Dominic Mysterio against Liv Morgan. This was not a bad match. Nice, fun, little eight-minute match that these two ladies had here. Not really a big fan of Liv Morgan's offense. I I do think that it's weak in uh, some aspect. But I thought these two worked very well together. Rhea Ripley wins with a tap-out victory. Morgan hit a dropkick out of the gate. Got the early advantage. Rhea Ripley briefly took over. Morgan fired back with a middle rope drop kick. Morgan then went for a suicide dive. She looked like she botched the shit out of it. I don't know what had happened there. Morgan was running the ropes. Rhea Ripley was on the outside. She ran the ropes. And then all of a sudden, when she got to the ropes, she kind of stopped and then dove through the ropes, literally killing her momentum. And and she got caught on the ropes. And and her feet kind of touched the ropes. And Rhea Ripley took advantage of that. Knocked her out of midair. Rhea Ripley then cut a promo on Charlotte Flair as we cut to commercial break. So, no Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley build. So, it is now March 3rd. Next week, we're going into SmackDown. It'll be March 10th. So, that leaves us, uh, you know, less than a month. Three weeks till WrestleMania. And no Charlotte, Rhea Ripley face-to-face or, you know, words being exchanged face-to-face. Three weeks before WrestleMania. Yeah, you want me to sit there and think that that match deserves to main event WrestleMania on night one. No. It does not, and nor should it, main event night one. So Rhea Ripley talks some shit to Charlotte Flair on the microphone. They go to commercial break. We come back. Ripley is still in control. Morgan avoided a back suplex, caught Ripley with a Huron Karana. Then she goes to the second rope. Code breaker off the second rope. She got a near fall. Looked good. The, The code breaker off the second rope looked really good. Ripley was in trouble. Morgan went for oblivion. Ripley countered Morgan's finishing move. Morgan fought back with an enziguri. Morgan leapt off the top rope. Ripley caught her in a powerbomb, then hit Riptide, locked on the inverted cloverleaf, and Liv Morgan taps out as Rhea Ripley wins, as she should. No reason why Rhea Ripley will be losing on the road to WrestleMania. And Rhea Ripley wins over Liv Morgan. Really nothing else to say about it, but we didn't get any Charlotte Rhea Ripley face-to-face. Liv Morgan doesn't seem to have a role. 
right now. She is uh, taking a back seat, keeping the bench warm on the women's roster. And Rhea Ripley, man, there is absolutely no doubt about it that Rhea Ripley should be the one to win the SmackDown Women's Championship and take the title to SmackDown after WrestleMania, and that is exactly what needs to be done. There's no way that Charlotte Flair is winning that match, nor should she win that match. This match is destined for Rhea Ripley to win the championship, and that is what needs to happen. If there is any other outcome to that match, there is no hope for this company and no hope for somebody like Rhea Ripley. And no, it's not a main event match. I will continue to utter that on the hill that I'm standing on because this match does not deserve to be the main event of WrestleMania. And I don't give a shit who won the Royal Rumble. Just go watch Sunday's podcast. I gave you every fucking reason why a Royal Rumble winner won the Royal Rumble. It didn't main event WrestleMania. Santos Escobar. Speaking about Judgment Day. Santos approached Dominic and Rhea Ripley after their match backstage which I thought this was great. Dominic asked if they have a problem. I don't know. Do you want to have a problem with Santos Escobar? It doesn't look like the type of guy you want to have a problem with. Seems like Escobar will get you whacked one way or another. Escobar said, Ray should have smacked you last week, but he understands why he couldn't. But guess what? I can. He said Adam Pearce agrees with him. He told Dominic if he's half the man he says he is, he'll meet him in the ring tonight. And then as he walks away, he blows Rhea Ripley a kiss. Man, Rhea Ripley's a hot commodity, man. Dominic wants Rhea Ripley. Santos Escobar's throwing kisses at Rhea Ripley. Buddy Matthews is on social media threatening people about uh, who uh, who's the real poppy here to Rhea Ripley, right? I don't know, man. Rhea Ripley's a hot commodity nowadays. I can see why. The Bloodline. They were backstage, and I'll get to talk about that Santos uh, thing that I love so much when we talk about the Santos and Dominic match a little bit later. Bloodline. Heyman was saying something to Jimmy about Dusty Rhodes backstage. Reigns interrupted and asked Jimmy if he's talked to Jay Uso. Jimmy was kind of twitching in his seat. He was kind of shifting, you know, a little, uh, a little nervously in his seat sitting next to Roman Reigns. He says, yeah, I did. I did speak to Jay. Reigns asks, well, what do he say? Jimmy says, well, he's a hothead, Oos. He just needs some time. He just needs some more time. Reigns then asks, how much time? How much more time does he need? Jimmy says he's doing better today than yesterday and then the day before that, but he just needs some time. Reigns says, listen, I'm running out of patience. Jimmy then says, all right, I'll go tell him. Reigns said, not you. I'm running out of patience with you. Jimmy looked up at Reigns and thought for a second, okay, I'll go let him know that you are running out of patience with me. So Roman Reigns is getting really, really agitated about Jey Uso not falling in line, and now he's looking to blame everybody else. And Sami Zayn is becoming the guy that is being proven correct. The bloodline is kind of showing its cracks in the armor. They are kind of collapsing from within here. And Roman Reigns' anger, you know, Sami knows about Roman Reigns' anger. Now, everything that Sami Zayn said is basically being played out right in front of them with Roman Reigns. Jimmy Uso is going to be blamed 
if Jey Uso is not back in the bloodline at all next week. Santos Escobar versus Dominic Mysterio. Rhea Ripley is out there with Dominic. I thought this was great. I thought this was great. I thought Dominic wrestled a very good match here with Santos Escobar. I, I mean, you could put anybody in there with Santos Escobar, and, and he would make them look great. I love Santos. I, I think he's incredible. So Escobar did not come out with Legato. No sign of Cruz del Toro. No sign of Joaquin Wild. No sign of Zelina Vega. I don't know what's going on there. It's going to get people talking if they're not presented on TV together. But this could be something that gets Santos to the next level. I hope that Legato is with him. I hope they didn't cancel any plans. I hope they didn't put them on the back burner for any reason. But Samantha Irving did say Santos Escobar was a part of Legato del Fantasma. So I'm just going to let it play out and see what happens, but none of the Legato faction was out there with Santos Escobar. Mysterio was in control here. Dominic was in control. Escobar quickly took over, locked on a submission. Escobar came to the ring. I forgot to mention this. He came to the ring with the mask that Rey Mysterio gave him a few weeks back. So he puts it on the turnbuckle pad or the, uh, the steel post. He hangs it on the steel post. He's carrying around this mask as a memento. And he wanna, he, he kind of, he, he kind of wants to uh, throw it in Dominic's face about, hey, look at your father, look at the legacy of your father, look at what he did for me, and you know how I'm influenced by your father. So they're using Santos here to throw some sort of, you know, respect towards Rey Mysterio and show Dominic that why are you disrespecting your father? Look at, look at the great things that your father has done here. So so they're using Santos in this role, and I love it. So the mask is out there. It's a focal point of the match. Dominic escaped a submission, and Lord Escobar in. He tossed him to ringside, hit a dive. They went to commercial break. Mysterio was in control. He set up for the 619, and he choked out Escobar on the middle rope. Instead of doing the 619, Mysterio started yelling at Escobar about respecting his legacy and pointing at the Ray mask in the corner. Escobar back on the offensive here, hit a tilt-a-whirl into a leg drop. So Mysterio is down. He gets up, he gets to his feet, and he pulls out brass knuckles. He pulls out brass knuckles. So this distracts the referee. Escobar gets pulled out of the ring by Rhea Ripley, and she hits a riptide on Santos Escobar, on the outside, she rolls Santos back in the ring. Mysterio then hits the Eddie Frog splash off the top rope for the one, two, three, and that was it. Dominic Mysterio wins through nefarious means, and Rhea Ripley destroys Santos Escobar with the riptide, helping Dominic get the win. At the end of the match, Dominic grabbed the Rey Mysterio mask that Rey handed Santos a couple of weeks ago. He tore it apart, and they were walking up the aisleway, ripping the mask apart, and Rey Mysterio's music plays, came out, confronted Dominic, demanded the mask. Dominic told him to hit him, give him the mask back. 
Ray said, I'm not going to hit you, Dom. I just want the mask. I just want the mask. Dominic threw the mask on the floor, turned and left. Ray went to go pick it up. Dominic punched Ray Mysterio in the face, gave him a cheap shot, and knocked him out on the floor. And that's the way the segment came to a close. I don't know. I don't know, man. WWE is clearly telling the storyline of Dominic and Ray one-on-one at WrestleMania, which I have no problem with. But I'm loving the Santos narrative going into WrestleMania, teaming with Rey Mysterio as it gives Rey Mysterio that backup that he needs because Dominic's got Damian Priest and Dominic's got Rhea Ripley and Dominic's got Finn Balor. So I'm loving what they're doing with Santos because Santos is somebody that is so good and I love that he got called up, and I've been waiting for him to get called up and be featured in, in, in something substantial on this show for a very long time. And they found out exactly what they need to do with him. He's getting reactions. He's feeding off Rey Mysterio's baby face, and he's looking good. This is perfect for Santos. He's going to be over. He's going to be mega over. There's not anybody that's going to hate Santos by backing up Rey Mysterio. But what the match is at WrestleMania, that remains to be seen. It looks like we're getting some sort of Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio match. And I posed this, I posed this on social media. I posed this question on social media. Are we going to get Rey and Dominic one-on-one? Or are we going to get Rey and Santos teaming up at WrestleMania to go up against Dominic and Damian Priest. So they gets Damian Priest and Santos on the card. Now, the match, the tag team match, would probably end up being a better match. But the story here is about Ray and Dominic. And that's what's been building. This has been a long-term storyline for months. We all knew this was going to culminate eventually at WrestleMania. And that's exactly what it feels like. So if Ray and Dominic are happening at WrestleMania and Santos is in Ray's corner and, and Damian Priest is in, in, in Dominic's corner... I wouldn't have a problem with that because it'll tie up this storyline. But now this mask, this mask that was ripped up tonight might prove to be a focal point in this feud. Ray wanted the mask. He wanted the mask back. Dominic ripped up the mask. Dominic punched him. Is this going to be a mask versus hair match? Dominic putting his hair on the line against... Rey Mysterio's mask. That's a possibility. That's an option. We could get the tag team match, which will feature Santos Escobar and Damian Priest and get them on the WrestleMania card. We don't know. So we'll see what happens there. But the moment that Rey Mysterio punches Dominic after all these weeks of not wanting to do it, this is another part I'm looking forward to. Dominic has been bullying his father. Rey Mysterio looks like a pussy. That moment that Rey Mysterio punches Dominic Mysterio to set this feud and take it to the next level, it is going to be a huge moment in the feud, and it's going to pop the crowd big time. That's something to look out for. I think that's going to be great. So we'll see what happens with this, but I'm loving the use of Santos Escobar here. I'm loving Dominic. Dominic has come a long way, man. Really. He's not bad in the ring This heel persona has kind of enhanced his act. Rhea Ripley being there with him makes him a formidable foe. 
uh, it also enhances Rhea Ripley, which she doesn't need to be enhanced, but it, it enhances her as well because mixing it up with the guys is always a great sight with Rhea Ripley, right? The Riptide on Santos was fucking great. So I'm excited about this, man. I think this is really, really going to be a fucking awesome feud going into WrestleMania. Now, what I mentioned a couple weeks ago as well with Rhea Ripley, this is not going to end at WrestleMania. With Rhea Ripley beating Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship, I think if there is a draft, even if there isn't a draft, I think Rhea Ripley gets moved over to SmackDown. I think they end up moving Judgment Day in its entirety over to SmackDown. And I'm going to have news and rumors on Finn Balor and what he said on the bump. Finn Balor apparently is teasing that they may be adding another member to Judgment Day. Who that may be, I have no idea. Could be Santos Escobar for all we fucking know. We don't know. Because obviously the direction of this is Ray getting turned on by Santos Escobar when the time is right. But we won't know that for for a while. I don't want to jump ahead here. But Ray Ripley beating Charlotte Flair... Joining the SmackDown brand, Judgment Day moving over to SmackDown. One of the big feuds on SmackDown after WrestleMania is going to be Judgment Day versus Legato Del Fantasma. I'm looking forward to that. That should be a banger feud. So we got something to look forward to after WrestleMania, but I'm loving everything that's going on here with Ray, Dominic, and Santos, man, going into WrestleMania. It should be really exciting to see play out. Moving on. Drew McIntyre. We got Drew McIntyre out there exclaiming to everybody that he doesn't have a WrestleMania match. He called out Gunther. So, Drew McIntyre is out there calling out Gunther. Sheamus came out instead. Drew McIntyre looked a little confused while Sheamus was out there. Seamus says, what are you doing, fella? What are you doing out here? What do you think you're doing going behind my back like this? Drew said it's nothing personal. Seamus says, it's personal because you know how much that intercontinental title means to me. Drew told him, listen, calm down, calm down. Seamus got in Drew's face and told him, do not dare tell me to calm down. He says he knows that he wanted a shot at Gunther and the title. Drew says he doesn't have to get his permission to do this. You're not my father. Do I have to ask you permission to wipe my ass next, he says. Now it's getting personal. Seamus said Drew is a backstabbing bastard. Drew looked like he was taken back by what Seamus said. So Drew said, all right, friends, best friends, tell the truth, right? I'm going to tell you some truth. Said you had your chance at Gunther and you lost twice. L.A. Knight and his music plays. He comes out. L.A. Knight got one hell of a reaction at at, uh, at SmackDown tonight. The fact that he's not on WrestleMania's card yet is a little perplexing to me. But I'd absolutely feature him in some way, shape, or form at WrestleMania. He got a mega reaction tonight. Washington, D.C. was all over L.A. Knight. His theme music went off, and that place erupted. Love seeing it. I said this on social media. Yeah! Said this on social media. You know, when you look back at Triple H's year run as head of creative in WWE, you know, outside the bloodline stuff and 
telling the story of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns and the Usos and Solo Sokoa, all that stuff, excluding that, if Triple H was to look back on his one year and pinpoint the best thing that he did while he was running WWE Creative for the first year, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that L.A. Knight returning Max Dupree to L.A. Knight was the best creative move that he's did that he's done all year in this first year. Seriously. When Triple H looks back at his first year in creative, out of everything you've seen on WWE television, the best creative decision that that man has done was give us back L.A. Knight the way that he was in NXT. The man is a fucking superstar. A superstar. He comes out and he's got the look. He comes out, he sounds like a superstar. He's in the ring, he wrestles like a superstar. There is no reason why he, A, doesn't win the King of the Ring, B, doesn't win a Money in the Bank, or C, win a major championship this year. When Gunther drops that title to whoever, Sheamus, McIntyre, whoever, I could see LA Knight winning the Intercontinental title in 2023. No doubt about it. Loving it. Loving it. LA Knight comes out. He wants a WrestleMania match. Kofi Kingston comes out to interrupt LA Knight. Kofi says Knight wants a WrestleMania match, but he can't even win a match on SmackDown. Karrion Cross comes out, walks out with Scarlett. Knight hit Kofi from behind. Kofi was watching Cross come to ringside. He's probably staring at Scarlett. Knight went after Xavier. Sheamus knocked Knight to the floor. Sheamus turns around. Drew made a, a move towards him. Drew then landed a running dive over the top rope on top of Kofi, Xavier, and LA Knight. Cross gets in the ring, throws Sheamus shoulder first into the ring post. He and Scarlett were the final two, guy, uh, final two people standing in the ring. And they played up. The pressure of WrestleMania season is in full swing as everyone is looking for a spot on the card. I did not like this segment. I thought this was convoluted as convoluted could be. I really don't get it. You take two people in this. You take Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, who are the two guys that we are all wanting to see when you talk about and mention the Intercontinental Championship. And it goes from ultra compelling, seeing Sheamus get upset at McIntyre, McIntyre challenge Gunther behind Sheamus' back, knowing that Sheamus wants that third match, that rubber match, knowing that, or not the rubber match, but uh, a third chance, because Gunther beat him twice, wanting the Intercontinental Championship, chasing the one championship that he's never won in 15 years, the one title that's eluded him for 15 years, that's the story. Now, I didn't mind L.A. Knight being out there because I want to see more L.A. Knight. So when he came out, I'm like, oh, oh, shit, what's going on here? Then Kofi comes out, Xavier Woods comes out, and then we get Karrion Cross out there. It's like, holy shit, really? WWE took two guys who should be vying for the Intercontinental Championship and then fucking convoluted this into a mess. Why? You take two guys that have something to do with the IC title and a story there bigger than anything that's going on in the ring, 
with these five guys, and you throw three other men into this thing that don't belong there. Why? So next week, the bright idea of WWE creative is Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus versus LA Knight versus Kofi Kingston versus Karrion Cross in a fatal five-way match. The winner of this match is the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. I don't know what we're doing here. Now, they mentioned it was going to be a qualifier. What does that mean? Is this one of two qualifiers? Is this going to be a match, and then the week after that, we're going to get another match? Are they going to qualify for some sort of match at WrestleMania? Are we qualifying for a ladder match at WrestleMania? Are we going to get a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania? Not really something that I want to see as far as these five guys or or anybody involved. I I don't want to see a ladder match at WrestleMania. I think that even though it may be an attractive option for some, it's not the most attractive in my personal opinion. It's not. But then you got Triple H. You know, I could see him doing that type of thing because a lot of people, including me, have said, well, why don't we just move money in the bank back to WrestleMania and give a lot more opportunity to people at WrestleMania that may not be on the card because of whatever reason. This is why I've opted to always say, let's take money in the bank and put it at WrestleMania and give more opportunities to people that are not going to be featured on the show. It's an easy way to get people involved. So they mentioned that this Fatal 5-Way next week is a a qualifier for what? A ladder match? A triple threat match? Is this going to be... Something that is going to be some multi-man match at WrestleMania, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think WWE is convoluting this shit to a point where it, it doesn't make sense. What I think we do here, I don't know why we... I, I, at first, I thought this was going to lead to a battle royal. The way everybody was kind of mixing it up, I thought these guys were going to be the five featured guys in some sort of battle royal next week to come up with who wrestles Gunther at WrestleMania. And then I even pitched, why don't we have Drew McIntyre and Sheamus be the final two guys and they both go over the top rope and they both win the Battle Royal simultaneously at the same time. Just taking a page out of the 1994 Royal Rumble, Bret Hart and Lex Luger playbook. That way we get a triple threat match at WrestleMania or we get Gunther wrestling twice at WrestleMania. We get Drew McIntyre versus Gunther on night one and then Sheamus versus Gunther on night two where Sheamus beats Gunther and wins the Intercontinental title. I like that option. Getting two matches for the Intercontinental title and two matches out of Gunther at WrestleMania. Man, Vince McMahon would be fucking absolutely pissed. Man, how many times did Vince McMahon promote the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania in the years he booked WrestleMania? I can't remember when it felt important at WrestleMania last. This year, we, we, we could get two Gunther matches, two Intercontinental title matches. Holy shit. So I don't know where they go with this. I don't. If it ends up being Gunther, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus, what do you do with LA Knight? What do you do with Karrion Cross? Seems like Karrion Cross is in the middle of nothing. He goes from feuding with Madcap Moss to now wanting the Intercontinental timing. What does Cross have to do with any of these guys? What does Kofi Kings and LA Knight have to do with the Intercontinental title? It's almost like they, they just threw these guys out there randomly just to get them on, on the show. I guess we'll find out more next week, but I'm not. You, you guys may be intrigued by a ladder match. I'm not. 
I'm not. I would much rather prefer a triple threat with Gunther, Sheamus, and McIntyre, or we get Gunther wrestling both of them in singles matches on night one and night two with Sheamus taking the title in night two. Those are my better options, in my honest opinion. Tegan Knox. She wrestled Shayna Baszler, went two minutes. Tell me Vince McMahon is in charge without telling me Vince McMahon is actually back in charge. Tegan Knox, she loses via tap out to Shayna Baszler armbar. That was basically it. Tegan Knox was out there with Natalia. Shayna Baszler came out to Ronda Rousey's music. I said to myself, normally I'd complain about Shayna Baszler coming out to anybody's theme music. Normally, I would complain about somebody coming out to somebody else's theme music if they're a tag team, right? Two singles people, two singles wrestlers coming out to the bigger star's theme music. But in this case, I don't mind Shayna Baszler coming out to Ronda Rousey's theme music because Shayna Baszler's theme music is fucking atrocious. So I don't really care. But there really, nothing really happened here. There was no Becky. There was no Lita. There's no sign of tag team championship gold in their future coming out of this show which I didn't think was the right move on this show. I I didn't think Becky and Lita showing up on this show really made any sense. Now, if Shayna and and Ronda want the tag team titles, they have to go to Monday Night Raw. So I do think that that will be the case, where they show up on Monday Night Raw and they eye Becky and Lita, if that is the plan, going into WrestleMania. We will find out on Monday. I could see that absolutely happening on Monday night, where they end up, I guess, just staring down Becky and Lita and requesting a tag team title match. Meanwhile, Damage Control is still probably going to ask for a match because they feel like they got robbed. So we may end up getting a triple threat match with those ladies at WrestleMania. Bobby Lashley talked about this earlier. The less I talk about this, the better. Bobby Lashley was in the ring, made a surprise appearance on SmackDown. He said, Bray has been telling him to run. But I don't run from anyone. He said he decided to play his little kid games with the muscle man dance. He said, if you have a problem with someone, you come see them face to face. He said, Bray won't meet him on his home turf of Raw. So we came to SmackDown. If you're man enough, I'm here. So come see me. Uncle Howdy all of a sudden attacks Bobby Lashley from behind. He made some noises. Like I said before, it sounded like Bo Dallas underneath the mask. Go watch the clip. It's on social media. Lashley ends up grabbing Uncle Howdy by the throat, choke slams him. Lights were on. We saw Lashley setting up for a spear. All of a sudden, they go off. Lights come back on. Bobby Lashley standing in the ring all by himself. Uncle Howdy disappears. That was it. No explanation. No furthering of this storyline. More mind games, more lights going out, more nothing, more of nothing. Awful. This will go down as the worst WrestleMania match next to Brock Lesnar and Omos WrestleMania weekend. This may be one of the worst WrestleMania matches of all time. I predict that. Nobody gives a shit. I need substance. I don't need some fucking geek on social media decoding a storyline when it's WWE's job to tell us why this match is happening at WrestleMania, which they failed to do so. They have not done that yet. So I have every given right to say, who the fuck cares? Three weeks till WrestleMania. If we've got nothing, why should I care? Bray Wyatt's character seemingly looking like Vince McMahon's behind it because this don't feel like the same Bray Wyatt that we got 
back in October, November, December, and then come the Royal Rumble where that pitch black match happened. Holy shit, this Bray Wyatt shit has gone down a fucking hill. Awful. Please tell me Vince McMahon is in charge without actually saying Vince McMahon is in charge. Just look at Bray Wyatt. And I already proclaimed he was back in charge in some way by booking Bobby Lashley, Bray Wyatt on top of Omos, and Brock Lesnar, which ended up being factually correct. So I know I'm not wrong here. Reigns. He was backstage with Heyman and Jimmy. Jimmy told Reigns that Jay told him he needs a little bit more time. Reigns asked Jimmy if that's what he said. Jimmy said, yeah. He told me to tell everyone, leave him alone. Reigns says, I don't understand how he could do this to you after everything we've done for him. He said, they've been there for him and had his back. He says he he doesn't want this, and this didn't start happening until Sammy came around. He said he'll fix the Sammy problem once and for all. He told him to be out there with Solo tonight and get rid of Sammy. If you get rid of Sammy, Jay will come home. Can you do that? Jimmy said, yeah, I can. Reigns told him, do it for the bloodline. Jimmy got up and left. Reigns, stressed out. Heyman said, it was wonderful. Reigns then said, Jay is one week. Jay is one week. If Jay isn't back next week, he's not going to blame Sammy. He's going to blame Jimmy. It's going to be very interesting next week. Very interesting next week. Main event. Solo Sokoa, Sami Zayn. This went eight minutes. Solo Sokoa is undefeated in WWE thus far. No reason why Solo Sokoa was going to lose this match. Zayn jumped Sokoa and Jimmy before the match. Zayn dumped Sokoa and Uso at ringside. Followed up with a dive over the top rope, wiping both guys out. Uso then caused a distraction. This allowed Sokoa to wipe out Zayn. Took over, tossing him into the barricade. Sokoa was on the offensive, beating Zayn down. Zayn tried making a babyface comeback, but Samoa, uh, Sokoa rather than Samoa. Uh, Sokoa hit a Samoan drop. He followed with a big splash in the corner. Zayn fought back with a flying crossbody for a near fall. Zayn set up for the blue thunder bomb. Sokoa escaped. Zayn recovered, hit the blue thunder bomb after Sokoa missed a splash in the corner. He went for the haluva kick. Jimmy pulled Solo out of the way. Solo then hit the Samoan spike for the win. Very, very basic. Nothing really uh, over the top here. Nothing too crazy. It was all story. Get rid of Sammy, said Roman. That was the story of the match. After the match, Solo and Jimmy beat down Sammy Zayn. I was expecting KO to run out. Nobody came out at all. So they were beating him down. Solo and Jimmy attacked. Jimmy yelled at Sammy that this is all his fault. So now you got to get got, he says. He put the chair, signature bloodline, put the chair around Sammy's neck. Solo was going to charge at him, but Jimmy asked Solo to let him do it. Sammy gets up, takes the chair off of his neck, threw it at Solo, sidestepped Jimmy who charged in, hit Jimmy with the haluva kick, and Michael Cole continued to say that Sammy continues to chip away at the cracks in the bloodline. 
Sammy was about to bash Jimmy across the back with the chair, but Solo got back up and he bailed into the crowd, did Sammy. And that was basically it. They cut to Roman Reigns backstage looking furious as he's already told Jimmy that if Jay is not back in the bloodline, I'm going to be blaming you for all this. But Jay could be back if you take care of the Sammy problem. So go out there and take care of the Sammy problem. And he didn't get the Sammy problem taken care of. So that's it. Jimmy hung his head and Reigns was pissed at the end of the show. Tremendous stuff here as we now get strung along into next week. Where's Jay going to be? Is he going to be in? Is he going to be out? Now we got the Roman Reigns deal back. Fucking ready to blame Jimmy for all these problems. We haven't heard from KO. We don't see KO at all this week. Sammy continues to be a pest in the bloodline narrative. I thought this was simple yet effective. And I'm loving everything that's going on here, man. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. I thought SmackDown was great tonight. Very much looking forward to Monday Night Raw. We got a lot going on Monday Night Raw. John Cena's going to be back. We're going to be setting up some... WrestleMania matches over there. We got Cena and Austin Theory. We got Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. We got Finn Balor and Edge. We got some good shit coming up, man. And then SmackDown next week. We got that whole Roman and Jay Uso thing going on. Where is Jimmy going to be? We got some shit to look forward to, man. I'm going to look forward to getting ready for these Super Chats, man. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight on the podcast. Please make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I would really appreciate if you go and hit that thumbs up for me because it helps me out tremendously on the show. Gets us into the YouTube algorithm. And I usually ask for 1,000 likes minimum, man. Let's try for as close to 1,000 likes as possible on tonight's SmackDown post-show. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And hit that join button and become a channel member right here on Off the Script. Tonight, sponsored by Manscaped and the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Absolutely love this, man. Not only are they the signature in below-the-waist grooming, now they're going to allow you to shape your signature beard look perfectly. Now you can finally use Manscaped's products to make your drapes match the carpet. Use code SCRIPT20 at checkout at manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. The new Beard Hedger Pro Kit includes, guess what? The Beard Hedger Razor. Unbelievable. We have the Beard Hedger. It's a juggernaut. 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. So the best thing about this is no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons, man. It's all on the device itself. So grooming your face doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths just in one guard. It's also waterproof. It's got a titanium-coated T-blade. It's tough on hair, smooth on your skin and on your face, leading to single-stroke Shaves. Easy. Pro Kit also includes the beard shampoo and conditioner from Manscaped. You got to take care of your beard, guys, because the hair on your face is different from any other part of your body. 
also included the Manscaped Beard Oil, the Manscaped Beard Balm, and also a beard brush, a beard comb, and scissors to ensure that your beard is ready to impress. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 20% off. Free shipping. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout at manscaped.com. Make sure you guys go get the Beard Hedger today. One stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. Love it. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Get those cold beverages out. Let's hang out for a little bit. We got Jen becoming a 15-month member. Jen is going to be in my mother's basement. Been through losing my aunts, rest in peace, and moving to my new place, but I'm here. No place I'd rather be. O-T-S-V-I-P for life. And she throws up the one. Thank you, Jen. I appreciate you very much. Looking forward to celebrating with you in my mother's basement. And rest in peace to your aunts. Thoughts and prayers to Jen's aunts. Sorry to hear that, Jen. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Please pull the trigger on right Dom already. We know what's coming. We just don't know in what capacity it's coming. Crypto and poker with the $2 super chat. If Roman loses at Mania, it's a huge mistake. You know, Crypto, uh, I don't disagree with you, bro. I don't disagree with you. It may be a huge mistake. Michelle with another $2 super chat. Looks like Roman is destroying his own bloodline. That's what it looks like to me. I said this weeks ago. We may end up seeing the bloodline turn on Roman and help Cody win the championships. Roman losing the championships on his own doesn't work for me. There's got to be another, and I said this, Jay Uso may be factoring into a bigger storyline. We may get the Usos turning on Roman. There may be no bloodline after all this is over. The bloodline may exist, but it may not be with Roman as the leader. Rout the Well with a four-month membership. Can't wait for the Fatal Five-Way. If Sheamus wins, he has to win the title. If McIntyre wins, I'd say let Gunther retain. If anyone else wins, I'll be pissed off. Uh, Sheamus is going to be on the WrestleMania card. There's no way WWE is not going to include Sheamus on the WrestleMania card. Drew McIntyre as well. I mean, a triple threat match is probably best for business. But does Gunther need to win and continue holding the IC title? Does he need to break Honky Tonk Man's record? I don't think so. Sheamus, the story is Sheamus. You know, a a bunch of morons. Oh, Gunther versus Brock is the match. No, that was never the plan. Nor do I want to see that match at WrestleMania because it's not the right time for it. Sheamus was always the plan. Sheamus is the picture-perfect plan for Gunther at WrestleMania. Him winning the Intercontinental title is a WrestleMania moment. Why would Gunther need to break Honky Tonk Man's record? If it makes sense, make the title change. Honky Tonk Man has 
No other accolades in the company. Why, why, why do you want to take the one thing that he basically still shills to this day away from him? I don't get it. Tony Brown with a 499. JD, my friend. Tony Brown, what's up, brother? The chief executive officer with a four-month membership. Hey, JD, four months in the venue already. Oh, well, this is the best podcast in the IWC, and your mother's basement looks great. Oh, TS for life. Thank you. The chief executive officer. Keith Tunstall Jr. with a new membership. Keith, what the fuck are you drinking, brother? Thank you so much, man. Tenario with a $5 super chat times two. What's going on, JD? Question, what WrestleMania matches do you think should main event that didn't? And are you a fan of outdoor stadium shows for WrestleMania? No, I'm not. I think the sound, I mean, it really doesn't matter because the the, the sheer capacity of the crowd is just loud, 60,000, 70,000 people. I like, I like indoor shows better because I think the, the sound is contained and it's a lot louder. Just look at Sky Dome with Rock Hogan as an example. Um, what WrestleMania matches do you think should have main evented that didn't? I don't know, man. It's tough uh, to go back and, and think of anything really. Um, I mean, I'm sure the chat can answer that question better than me, to be honest with you. In retrospect, just looking back at WrestleMania 25... I'd have Shawn Michaels in the Undertaker main event, WrestleMania. That's just the way I feel, just based off the match. Jaxo23 with a six-month membership. Thank you, Jaxo. Appreciate you, brother. Let me get some music on her here. Um, Jaxo with six months. Roman is irate at the end of the show since Jimmy failed at his test to take out Sammy, and you could tell Roman is growing impatient and angry. Yes. Rock Hogan, WrestleMania 18. Jesse says Punk Taker. Yes, Jaxo. Roman is growing impatient and angry. Absolutely. John Lamy. Thank you for the seven months, brother. OTS for life. Matt, the PW fan, two months. Thank you, Matt. As of 228, Jay White is a free agent. Does he show up at Revolution on Sunday or the Raw after WrestleMania? I think Jay White is WWE bound. I think Jay White shows up on the Raw after WrestleMania. Tenario with a five. JD, I watched Ring of Honor yesterday. It felt like watching a third hour of Dark. I watched the first half an hour of it today, bro. I I can't. There's just... I can't do it. It, 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 it legitimately makes no sense to me. Uh, it, 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 it genuinely looks like dark. With some better camera work. Mr. Random Days with a new membership. Anthony King with a new membership. Thank you, fellas. What the fuck are you guys drinking, man? Welcome to my mother's basement in a couple of weeks. 
Eric Kendrick with a one month. Thank you, Eric Ali with seven months. Ever since I became an OTS fan for seven months, it's been the best thing ever to listen to the GOAT himself. Hashtag ace. Yes. Thank you, Ali. Juan Quintero with a $5 super chat. This show is money. Yes. It always is, bro. Baby Shack 342 with a 10-month membership. What's up, JD? Vince McMahon booking Brock Lesnar and Omos. Had gotten worse. Vince McMahon sucks. He ruins everything. OTS for life. Yeah, he's also booked Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley as well. Jacks out with a $20 super chat. Ray versus Dominic is going to be good. Since for months, Dominic has been telling Ray to hit him. But Ray hasn't been able to do it. But I think Ray is reaching his boiling point and soon will hit Dominic in a fit of rage. That's the plan. And it's going to be big. The crowd's going to pop big when it happens. Uh, Ricky in the chat. Flair Savage, WrestleMania 8. Absolutely. You could have even, you could have even main evented with Piper Bret Hart, too. Ricardo Linnell with 31 months. Oh, my goodness. The more I see of Cody, the more I want Roman to retain. I can't wait to see my mother's basement. Here's my RSVP to opening night. JD OTS for life. Thank you so much, brother. Juan with a $5 super chat. Bobby Lazarus, Bray Wyatt in a Captain Crunch match. So trash. I, I Listen, man, I hope to God not. That just sounds fucking just awful. It sounds awful. Nobody wants to see that. Anthony King with a $4.99. Cody's entry in that Royal Rumble and the lack of story other than Dusty ruined any good feelings out about wanting Cody to win. Now I want him to lose. Anthony King, you are not alone in that feeling, brother. You are not alone in that feeling, man. Francisco with a $5 super chat. Do you think they should mention AEW in this Cody vs. Roman feud then? And how should they do it if they should? Francisco, AEW is not being mentioned on WWE TV. Triple H would absolutely, on on no under no circumstances, allow any of that to happen. Kal-El with a new membership. Thank you, Kal-El. Robert Jimenez with a $2 Super Chat. JD, you are a gentleman and a scholar. Let's fucking go. Thank you, Robert. Appreciate you, brother. Glorious One with a $19.99 Super Chat. I pretty much only care about Cena and Theory on Monday. Nothing else really has me wanting to see it. But on SmackDown, I'm watching the entire show. Seems like it's the A show now. It's always been the A show, bro. SmackDown on Fox has always been the A show. At least for the last few years. Monday Night Raw is just too long to be the show, man. And and to gauge people's interest for three hours is a very difficult thing to do. Kal-El with a $5 Super Chat. Hey, J.D. even rolling. 
Did I miss your mother's basement debut? I'll be looking forward to it. Did Jesse improve the tacos yet? Mustangs rule, bro. Uh, Kala, we didn't uh, debut the mother's basement yet, man. It's going to be a couple of weeks, though. And did Jesse improve the tacos? No. Jesse's too busy. Uh, he's on a pizza binge. He thinks Chicago deep-style pizza is better than our New York thin crust. No. Now, deep-dish pizza looks like it's fucking slop on a pan. If you have to use a fork to eat deep... If, if you have to use a fork to eat any type of pizza, it's not really pizza. I'm sorry. Next time I'm in Chicago, show me a New York-style slice. Golden Boy with a $5 Super Chat. I'll probably get flack for this, but I'm more interested in Guthrie's match and whatever Sammy Usos are doing for WrestleMania rather than Roman and Cody. Bro, you are not alone. You are not alone, bro. Listen, Hooligram, I love meatballs on pizza, bro. It's one of my favorite toppings. Can't go wrong with a nice meat, meat the ball. It's me, Mario. Bro, the pizza that you showed me looked like a travesty, bro. Whoever made that pizza needs to go back to culinary school and know how to make a fucking pizza, man. Golden Boy, I agree with you, brother. You're not alone on that one either. Clone Force 99 with a 499. Buy or sell. Cena first WWE title one on Triple H, Reign of Terror, 2002 to 2005. I'm going to buy on Triple H. Sell on John Cena. Why? John Cena actually made me quit watching the product for a few months. Drizzy Drew with a 199. First Ring of Honor episode gave me NXT 2014 vibes. Just my take. I got no NXT vibes from that. I got no NXT vibes from that, man. I got all dark vibes with Ring of Honor colors. And I only watched a half an hour of it. You want a real opinion? Go ask Jesse, man. Jesse did a live watch along with it. I don't know how long that's going to keep up. Metalhead for life with 15 months. You're the greatest. Thank you, Metalhead. Drizzy Drew with a 199. NXT 2014 presentation still very early. Let's stop comparing it to NXT because it is not NXT. You can't have NXT presentation and production because Tony Khan doesn't do NXT presentation and production. He doesn't. Kal-El with a $2 super chat. He says, me and my Zandra enjoy watching your show tremendously. Thank you. Kal-El and Zandra. I always appreciate when the boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife dynamic watches the show together. It's great. Clone Force, 499. I know this won't happen, but is there any way Vince can be forced to retire again where he can't come back anymore because he needs to stay away? No. I'll have news on uh, that as well this coming Saturday, tomorrow. When we are live with Off the Script, man, make sure you guys RSVP tomorrow. 
will be live in the venue. And then Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. JD, did you like the American Badass Undertaker and your favorite Shawn Michaels character? My favorite Shawn Michaels character was the Heartbreak Kid as a heel. 1993 to about 19... I would say... 93 to 94, early 1995. When he started turning into a babyface, I didn't really care for him anymore. But I always thought he was a great wrestler. And then uh, I did like the American Badass character. I prefer the Limp Biscuit theme, Roland, more so than the Kid Rock theme. That's just me. And Anthony King with a 499 Super Chat. Jesse, with that pizza take, must be sent to Rhea Ripley immediately. Love you, JD, and the OTS family. Yeah, I'd love to see Rhea Ripley uh, riptide uh, Jesse into oblivion. That'll snap the deep dish pizza right out of me. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here. I appreciate hanging out tonight. 2300 in the venue for a Friday night. Not bad. Not bad at all, man. Number one in the community is always not bad at all. I'll be live tomorrow night. You guys know what to do. Make sure you hang out with me tomorrow. Sunday, Jesse and I will be live with Revolution Post Show right here on OTS. It's going to be a busy weekend, man. Hopefully you keep it right here. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And go check out Manscaped. Get yourself that Beard Hedger Pro Kit, man. I'm telling you. It changes lives. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout. Guys, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. I need those ACE emojis in the chat. Rock on emojis in the chat. And I need you to turn that music up to max. I'll see you live tomorrow night with Off the Scripts, Episode 468, I believe. And then I'll see you live Sunday night after AW Revolution with Jesse. Right here on Off the Script. I'll see you guys later. Oh.